Welcome to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, a weekly broadcast sponsored by CVC Coaching, hosted each week by industry speaker, coach, author, and educator, Jerry Eisenhower. Our presentations are produced to assist business owners and managers in turning their business dreams into their business realities. And now, here's your host, Jerry Eisenhower. Hey, and I want to thank you for joining me once again this week on the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. And each and every week, we produce this podcast and we spread it across America on all the podcast channels, Spreaker, SoundCloud, iTunes. And the whole purpose is to share with you ways for you to make your business just a little bit better, some ideas. And I try to reach out and find significant powerhouse speakers, and this week is no different. This week, I have a guy, when I started coaching, the first real training that I went after in how to help people was with this guy, and I was able to sit in the classroom with him for three days and actually carry a label today, which is I'm a Gittimer certified trainer. So today's guest is my friend, my mentor, my coach, Jeffrey Gittimer. So Jeffrey, you out there with me, brother? Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you. I hope everything was wonderful for your new year. So, yeah. you ready to share some value with my people today? Yeah, you go for it. Okay, so Jeffrey, you're, you're from... You're it's from, 20 degrees today in Charlotte, North Carolina. People are panicking. The, the schools are opening at noon today. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's like it was five degrees this morning here. We're about to freeze. But anyway, because there's going to be a lot of fireplaces lit today. Yes, sir. Yeah. And that's the name of the game. So, Jeffrey, you've become pretty well known as an author, as a speaker, as a coach, and a person who has really spreads wisdom with a lot of people. You're in high demand as a speaker, very well compensated for speaking, I might add. So tell me a little bit, how did you get to be this renowned speaker, author, and coach of others as you are today? It's a mystery. I didn't start out with that as a goal. I didn't. I never made a goal to be a writer. I never made a goal to be a speaker. I just started to sell, and I love selling, and I want to be the best at it. And then I started to write about it, and I really liked that, and I want to be the best at it. And then I started to speak, and I really loved it, and I decided to be the best at it, and I kept doing it. And now, 20 years later, you turn around, and, you know, I've become a pretty good success at it. Yep. It's it's a daily thing, Jerry. I, don't, I didn't get great in a day. I got great day by day. That's it. And I, I think people don't understand the fact that if you don't work at it daily, if you're not a student of whatever you're doing daily, then you're not going to grow the way you want to grow. And, you know, that's kind of like where I go to in, you know, what I feel. I tell people, if you want to become a master, you're always going to be a student. So do you consider yourself still a student today? Read books, listen to others. I am a student salesman. I am a student speaker. I am a student writer. I'm a student dad. I'm a student friend. And I'm a student grandfather. Yeah. I understand. So how many books have you published now, Jeffrey? I know you've got the high-selling, I think the number one selling sales book was The Little Red Book of Sales, but how many books have you published? Um, I have published 13. And uh, the 14th one will be coming out in uh, probably June or July. I'm coming out with a book on the first writings of Napoleon Hill. And I'm 
you know, I'm using his words, but I've been given the, the authority to do it by the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and I'm just annotating it and, and uh, giving introduction about how to, how to use the, the words because they were written 100 years ago and uh, how to put it into your life. It's going to be called Truthful Living. Man, that's great. I just finished, I just, I just published my fifth one and released it yesterday. So it's a really good feeling. So you're ahead. Of, I got a lot to do to catch up with you still. So here's our, here's our people that are listening. Okay. Many of these yep. are home maintenance service contractors. And mm -hmm. what I call a service call is often someone will call somebody to house and they want a service call done to check something. But I also say it's an audition for the big job that they really need done. And then what we do is we go to a home, we find there's problems, and we have to break the news. In fact, I even call it, we may be breaking their heart because we're telling them they need repairs or upgrades. Maybe it's for safety, maybe for other reasons. How mm -hmm. do you suggest that they, pro that they prepare the relationship? Because that's one of the things that you teach in a lot. They build the trust and relationship before they get to this point of breaking their hearts and offering them the solution. What's the secret to that trust and relationship building? Well, think about this in terms of yourself. When you walk into a store or you walk into a business, the first thing you're hoping for is someone who is friendly and can help. Someone friendly and someone helpful. Those are the things. Um, if you walk into most department stores, someone's gonna come up to you and go, can I help you with something? And you're gonna say, no, I'm just looking. And just looking means that you weren't very engaging. Now, the smart clerk will say, were you just looking for something business or something casual? And that way, I've engaged the person. What normally happens is after the first rebuff, people will go, eh. But when you're going into someone's home, that's a whole different set of circumstances because you're treading in their home space. So they have to feel comfortable enough to let you in, which means you've got to look good before you walk in the door. You have to look like you have a confidence factor about you that is approachable and seemingly safe. You're in my home. Who the heck are you? You got that part, correct? Yeah. It's the first words that you say that set the tone. So instead of saying, uh, what seems to be the problem? You can say, I'm here to help. And someone will go, oh, finally, someone's here to help. Then they will show, you don't have to ask them what the problem is, they'll tell you. And then finally, what are you doing that is somewhat memorable? Because what you do, whether it's cleaning out a heater or a chimney or an attic or you know vents or whatever it is, it's dirty. And you have to look like you're going to do a clean job because I don't want my house full of soot. I don't want my house full of... Uh, fiberglass, I, I don't want, I, I want somebody that's going to clean up or be clean. So they're going to put on their shoes, their little booty shoes. But what they don't get, Jerry, is what's the memorability of this? What can they do that separates them from other people who kind of do the same thing? So one of my ideas is you imprint your little booties with your name, your company name, your name, phone number, and you have them made in both adult sizes and kid sizes. So if you go to the home and there's kids there, then you give all the kids booties to wear. And they're marching, they'll wear them things for years because they're kind of fun. 
And the challenge is that every time the kid wears the booty, the mom or the dad is going to think about the person who came in to sell the services. And I think that's you know part of that the the process. I I wonder what some of your customers that some of or, you know some of the business owners have done to separate themselves from other people. What do they do? Well, see, that's one of the problems is a lot of people are not really coming up with a method to separate themselves, to take themselves out of this is going to be an extraordinary experience. This is a phenomenal experience. We're going to a 50 cent solution. Yeah. Say that again. 50 cents for those things. I'm sorry, Jeffrey. Repeat that. I didn't hear it good. It can't cost more than 50 cents for that, for my idea. It can't cost more than 50 cents. It's just like you said. But the whole thing is, it's all about that comfort level. And what you're doing there, you're also building a relationship with the children. Years ago, when I was sweeping chimneys, we just finished Christmas. And what we always did is we carried pieces of red flannel cloth with us. So when we reached up in the damper, what we do is I'd, I'd have this little piece of red cloth in my hand. And I would pull it out. And I'd say, hey, it looks like Santa Claus tore his pants last year when he came down. And, you know, years later, I had parents that still had that cloth that I gave yeah. them as a child. That's so pretty cool. It was. It was really cool. A lot of it sounds kind of corny, but at the same time, yeah. it works. Yeah. It works. Yeah, so exactly. One, yeah, one of my thoughts has been always, and I've talked, that the sale is often made in the first 90 seconds after you meet someone. Because in the first 90 seconds, they're going to make a judgment if they can trust you. They're going to make right. a judgment, do I want to have a relationship with you? I think, do you feel like people are gauging your eye contact, your hand motions, all those things during the built relationship building process that we talk about? Yes, but I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you that it's the words that are going to resonate more than anything. So if I walk in and I look decent and I look clean and I look safe and I look approachable and I say to the woman, I'm going to do a dirty job as clean as I possibly can. That's going to make her feel comfortable and safe. And what, what you're going to then this next question is, OK, how many pairs of booties do I need? And she's going to go, what do you mean? I said, well, who else is in the house besides you? that I'm going to, you know, I got booties for everybody. And that way, there's an immediate engagement. And I've always been under the, you know, I, I did a lot of uh, in-home sales early in my career in the 70s. And we would always ask for a glass of water. Drinking out of the other person's glass makes them feel like you're okay with them, like you're safe with them. Cool? Hey, I like that. That's a good one, Jeffrey. It, it, anything that you can do that creates calm in the house. Napoleon Hill said it in 1937. He said, neutralize the mind of the buyer. The buyer's on guard when you first get there. Who the heck is this guy? Prove yourself. My arms are folded. Um, I called you maybe on a recommendation. Uh, maybe I Googled you. Maybe I went to, to uh, Angie's list or whatever. And or Craigslist or whatever, and I found you somehow on the internet, and now I'm calling you up. Um, you still have to prove yourself. And if you walk in and say, I'm here to do a dirty job as clean as humanly possible, 
when I uh, first moved to Charlotte, I needed a contractor to knock a hole in a wall. And I, I got a recommendation from someone and I called the guy up on the phone and he did a two day job. But after the first day, he completely cleaned up everything to get ready for the second day. Jerry, I could eat off the floor. Literally, I could have a sandwich, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich off the floor from a, a drywall, cut the hole in the wall, put up another, you know, and spackle it and, you know, and, and trim it. And it was unbelievable. Well, I've been using that same guy now for 20 years. I don't want another contractor. So the key is the first job will get you the second job if you do it right. And I think that's what you're, you know, the, the businesses that you're, that we're talking to and we're talking about, the first job is easy. It's the second job that you earn. Your internet, your marketing, your advertising, whatever it was that got you the first job, that's nothing. I want a 10-year customer. If the, if the value of that customer is a couple hundred bucks, that's not my guy. I want a couple thousand bucks. Right. And see, that's what often happens here. We're going out to do a service call that may, and the customer is expecting to spend a couple hundred bucks. And then after we're there, they're finding out it's going to cost them thousands to have what they thought they had before we ever walked in the house. So that's why I call it the audition for the big job they really need. So right. how, mention this, Jeffrey, how does one learn to listen to the customer and shut up? It's really easy, Joe. It's a two-word answer. Take notes. When you walk in, you have your tablet, you have your pad, you have your uh, legal pad, you have a notebook, whatever you got. And when they start to talk, you start to go around, take a couple pictures with your iPhone, take a couple notes with your iPad, or, or you can handwrite them. But writing shows that you're listening. And that's key to the customer. They want to know that all the stuff that they're going through is going to be detailed. And they're even in their mind going, how's this guy going to remember all this stuff? And the answer is the guy's taking notes. The guy that takes notes will get the job. The guy that doesn't take notes will have to bid on the job. You know, Jeffrey, when we were going through training, that was one of the things that you, you added the following words. What that customer is telling you is so important that you need to write it down and exactly and i've taught this and if people are listening have been through some of my sales classes guys you're hearing where a lot of my processes have come from because this guy trained me and i'm licensed to use them so a lot of my sales training goes back to the guy that you're listening to right now because i base a lot of my presentations on what jeffrey shared with me over the years you know i've been lucky enough i've been in open classes i've also been lucky enough I spent time alone. We baked bagels together over at Einstein's across the street, things like that. So, <laughs> you know, so you'll know this is this is the benefit of the training that we go through to learn from people like Jeffrey and the other coaches and mentors that I listen to. Okay, so you got to listen. You got to write it down. Now, what about this one? And you're from New Jersey, and you're going to understand this because you're from a state that you even said, you know, for in New Jersey, we eat our young. Is that a quote I can put with you? That is a quote. <laughs> okay. So see, I listen to everything you tell me, man. So, when I was growing up, my dad said, Jeffrey, if bullshit was cement, you'd be the New Jersey turnpike. There you go. So in up north, you run into this more than we do in the Southeast, which is the negotiator. They want to mm -hmm. bargain on the price. 
And that is that is a natural, I think you are taught that in some northeastern states in high school, how to be a negotiator. Yeah, or you go to a flea market or you go to some kind of farmer's market and you want to, you know, everyone expects a slight deal. Yeah. So now, you, you can do it one of two ways. Number one, you have to know your price. You have to know what you're willing to go to work for and never go below that. Walk away before you not go to work for that price. That's number one. Number two, you can quote a price by saying, Mrs. Jones, before I quote the price, let me share with you, my prices are fair and my prices are firm. My prices are fair and my prices are firm. And you have obstacles. You know, people are going to go, well, I can't do that. No, that's the best I can do. I'm not going to sacrifice the quality of my work for a few bucks. You know, if, if I cut my price by $100, I'm not going to do any less of a job. I'm going to do the best job I can. And the money that I put into this job allows me to service what it is that I sell so that if you need something else, I can come back. And I think that there's, you know, they have to recognize that you're selling value, not price. And the person's going to buy value, not price. And that's the whole key. Yeah. I think that, that, you know, you can, you look at it from your perspective. What do you tell a person when they're negotiating? How, how have you taught this? Yeah. I, I'm taught that, you know, you've got to show the value to me before you're ever asked. When they go into negotiation and they want to go that, telling you something there, in my opinion, you haven't done your right job, and it goes to the next question, which is selling value. The Two of the things that I've learned from you and I use extensively is the word value and also the perceived risk the customer has. That's two of the endearing thoughts that I really impressed me so much during that initial training. So can you cover value and perceived risk? What am I talking about there from your aspect, Jeffrey? Right. When, when someone's in someone's home, you have to look at the value of their home. What, what is this worth to me? Now, I'm going to share a personal thing. For four years, I lived in Brown County, Indiana. Brown County, Indiana is a very rural place. It was a population of 125. It was 35 miles south of Indianapolis. And my home was an old uh, Dutch oven log cabin that had been added on to over the years. The house had four fireplaces. And the first thing I wanted to do is to make sure that I had enough firewood, which my neighbor came down and showed me how to get trees out of my woods that had already fallen. So I didn't have to chop down a new tree. Um, they'll fall in the, in the spring with the rain and then they season over the summer and you can chop them up into logs. I had a splitter the whole nine yards. So I could build a fire, but how clean were my fireplaces? That's what I really wanted to know. So I called a guy, uh, a chimney sweep guy who showed up with a, a high hat and a, you know, he looked really looked the part, mustache, everything. And he said, look, before I start, I'm going to make sure your house doesn't burn down. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like you got the job. He said, but it's going to be dirty. So I don't want you to be in the same room when, you know, as I'm doing this and I'll clean up when I'm done. I'm like, okay, really cool. And that guy, I lived there for four years. Every, I brought him back every year. I don't want to take any chances because we burned a lot of wood. And, you know, Indiana, the winters are freezing, freezing, freezing cold. 
starting in November and ending literally in March. So I've got a four or five months fireplace lit all the time. I mean, literally all the time. So I want to have faith in the guy who did it. He did a great job, but he started out by, by challenging me about my house. That was value to me. I did not want my house to burn down. Okay, fine, buddy, do it. Uh, I, there's no way you can describe the word value as it relates to an in-home service other than I want to I want to rely on the person who I'm talking to and believe that they're going to do the job that they say they're going to do. If I don't believe in that person, I, I, there's a huge problem. So looking at it from the perspective of tell me what you're going to do and then tell me how I win as a result of what I do and you, you, you'll have the job without negotiating a price. Sounds like a winner. What about the perceived risk? What are the perceived risks as a consumer? And we're talking people on this podcast that are selling to consumer. And some of the things I share is, you know, they've got past experiences. That's a perceived risk. The perceived risk is you're not going to come back. The perceived risk is they're not, it's not going to work. I may not need it. I'm going to find it cheaper. And that's a lot of the things that I express, again, comes from your teaching. So perceived risk, what are some of the perceived risks that you feel people need to put to bed for people? Well, the, you, you, it's all a language thing. If, if someone says, well, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to do this in one day or not. No, no, dude, you have to have the confidence. Say, this job is going to take two days. Most salespeople are afraid to talk about the whole job and the cost of the job. They're afraid that the customer will rebuff them or even um, uh, tell them to go, you know, tell them, no, we're not gonna do this. They're, they're afraid of rejection. And so my perspective on this is that the more self-confident you are, the less the customer will perceive a risk in moving forward. But in today's world, there's even a greater risk reduction factor, and that is, the use of social proof. So everybody who's in a home service needs to go into the home and video the problem and then video the work in process and then video the end with the customer standing there going, great job. If you can get 10 of those up on your Facebook or up on your, up on your Instagram now even or up on your YouTube channel, you're going to have less risk in the mind of the buyer. Social proof is calming. It makes the other person see like, oh, wow, somebody else did it. It must be okay. The perceived risk, the unspoken perceived risk is a way bigger barrier than price. I want to know that when this guy is done, that it's going to be the best I possibly can get. And when you say it about yourself, it's bragging. When other people say it about you, it's proof. So there has to be the right verbiage and the right social proof to be able to, to make sure that the customer who's going to spend 200 bucks or 2000 bucks is making the right decision. And again, hopefully everybody's here and where a lot of my thought processes and sales training come from. When I've worked with you one-on-one -on -one or in your companies or you go to my webinars or classes, mm -hmm. you know, that's why you're seeing, I learn from guys like this and, these are the whole thought processes he's sharing with us now. So it's not, it's not nothing that I've drug out of nowhere. It's processes that work for major corporations all over the world. 
So last question for you, Jeffrey, you're a sales expert. You're an author of sales success books. You've spoken to a number of groups. You get paid well for that. So today, what would be your parting words of advice to anyone who's listening to take their sales to an all-time high? Well, I'm going to just challenge you this. First of all, I just gave you the, the clue that I gave you to document your work and video your, your work's proof. That's critical in today's marketplace. There's no, you know, anybody who goes to a restaurant goes to Yelp and anybody who goes on vacation goes to TripAdvisor. And they're going to look at those things more than anything else as their validity for spending their money, number one. But number two, when you go into somebody's home, your attitude and your personal belief is going to be the driver that will get you the business that you want. Belief is, I believe that my company is the best in the world. I believe that my the services I offer, the products I offer are the best in the world. I believe I'm the best in the world. I believe I can differentiate myself from my competitor, not compare myself to. And I believe in my heart that the customer is better off having purchased from me. So that when I give the message, when I transfer the message to that customer, they believe it the same way I believe it. Social proof, personal belief, great attitude. Those are the things that will help double a business in, in 2018. Man, that's great. So a couple ways. Okay, so let me ask you this. Share with people, if they want to follow Jeffrey Gittimer, first question is, you wrote 13 books. Which would be the right. number one book you would suggest for a person to read of yours? And number two, how do they follow you on social media? Those types okay. of things. Okay, the, um, we're redoing the, the little gold book of Yes Attitude will come out in the, in the middle of January. So probably by the time this podcast airs, you'll be able to buy it. It's 10 years old. I've completely revised it, added 20 pages to it. You can buy it on Kindle. You can buy it at the bookstore. You can buy it on Amazon. That's where I would start. Because if your attitude is not right, nothing, nothing else that I say or do is going to matter. Then I would get the little red book of selling. And the reason I would get that is because it teaches why people buy, not just how to sell. Start there. You can go to my web. My website is gettemer.com. When you order a book from us, it's a little more expensive, but I sign them. Um, some people have the preference to buy cheap. Or some people have the preference to buy autographed. Either way, I'm happy that you own whatever it is that I'm selling and whatever it is that I'm writing. Um, we yes, we have a podcast, a weekly podcast called Sell or Die. You can get it on Overcast if you have an iPhone, or you can get it on any of the normal podcast outlets. Right now, it's, it is one of the top five um, uh, sales podcasts on Overcast, and we're very proud of that. We're shooting for number one this year. So let's, let's play in that arena. Jerry, I want to thank you very much for this opportunity to talk to your guys. Um, pleasure having you as a, as a customer and a friend. You got it, Jeffrey. Same thing, man. We'll get a bagel for long. So I want to appreciate okay. you being here today, and I want to encourage people. Jeffrey's producing podcasts. One of the things that we all give, just like this podcast, is value, right, Jeffrey? We, you know, we we put out our ideas and we share them freely with a lot of people. We're glad to. So I also want to encourage you. If Jeffrey's speaking near you, get to a class. He will really be a guy that will give you some phenomenal ideas. I'm, I'm using ideas, sitting in a classroom back in. When did you start certification program, Jeffrey? 2011? Yeah, 2011-12. Yep, and I, was one of, and I was in the initial group that was in there. And what I saw also is Jeffrey was probably 
the person that was first using the internet effectively for for teaching. That was uh, that's one of the amazing things. I saw some things that he was doing in live in live stream and stuff like that. It's truly phenomenal. So Jeffrey, I appreciate you being here today. Uh, the information you shared is solid, and I'm encouraging all my listeners follow what Jeffrey does. Get his books. This is the thing about it, guys. Read books. Read leaders are readers. I'm very serious. And you know, one of the things is. Hey, people like him wrote books. That's what got me into writing my books. And hey, man, hey, Jeffrey, I produced five this year. How about that? Cool. Okay. So, there you go. So appreciate you tuning in here at the Fire Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. Jeffrey, anything you want to add before we go? Yeah, tell everyone happy new year. There you go, bro. And so you'll know this will air on tomorrow on January 3rd, not in a couple weeks. So I'll send you a link to you later today or in the morning, okay? Cool. Yeah. Go ahead and kick butt, you guys. You got it, man. So join us each week here. This is produced and it's sponsored by CVC Coaching. Let us know how we can help you reach your business dreams. Let's make them your realities in 2018. We got a lot of great programs coming out. Check in our educational outreach. We just, we're over 60 hours of education online that you can now access. So look and talk to you next time. My name's Jerry Eisenhower. If I can help you, I'm waiting on your call right now. And Jeffrey Gittimer is the one that taught me to say that, guys. Right, Jeffrey? Yes, sir. Okay, man. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us here each week at the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, sponsored by CBC Coaching, providing you the coaching and educational outreach services you need to move to your dream destination in business and in life.